0: two hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars
1: i'll shuttle for one dance with domino can you play any other two something we're making for the
0: americans it's called a ghetto blaster
2: may i cut in
1: Again, Sam. It's a charming tune.
3: Hello, and welcome to the 39th and final episode of Bond Music Six of the Best, our series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks and spin-off soundtracks and all that kind of stuff. And Alan, it is the final episode. Our best of episode. And of course, I'm Jared Alric and I'm talking to my best friend in life, Alan Porter. Alan, into the road man.
4: Does this mean we can't be best friends anymore? If this Eh. is the We'll see (laughs) (laughs) Well I have a glass of wine here, so I'm gonna raise it to the memory of Six of the Best and probably uh, it will be even emptier by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, by the way, apologies if my sound is out slightly. I am sat in a hotel room while we're recording this. I am at a secret location in the hotel room. So if the sound mm-hmm. wanders in and out or Jared's favorite, if you hear my microphone scratching my shirt, um, then that's the reason. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a fun journey. And a much longer when we decided that this was going to be the last episode and we look back, we've been doing this a lot longer than we thought we had. We'll probably talk a bit <laughs> yeah. more about at the end, but we uh, will. We will. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. This, uh, this is going to be fun revisiting stuff and actually also looking ahead. But I'm probably just going to walk all over what you had scripted for the format of this show. So I'll hand it back to you.
3: That's quite all right. We're we're loosey goosey on this on <laughs> our, our fine. We call it our final episode but Alan and I have talked behind the scenes, you know, if something big came out, a new CD or something like that, we might come back and drop one every once in a while. You never know. We're both on rogue agents and anything can happen on rogue agents. So you never, you never That's know. True. <laughs> you never know. But speaking of the format of this show for the final episode, we're going to do a few things. First, we're going to do Jared and Alan's three favorite covers. We have covered a lot of covers in our coverage <laughs> of covers. <laughs> That was fun to say. We're going to take a By look By the way, back. folks, that was
4: not scripted. He just did, he completely yeah. ad-libbed that awesome segue there.
3: <laughs> don't don't <laughs> ask you me. How you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we've covered a lot of these, like I said, Bond music covers, different versions, different variations. And we're going to take a look back over the years. And we're each going to bring three of our favorites, which will make a total of six. So the math will work out kind of on this episode. But we're going to give you more than that. We're going to get into another topic. Where we're going to say who should have done a Bond song, in our opinions. And we'll talk about who we think should have done one that maybe didn't. and Maybe give a sample of where we're thinking they would have done a good job. And then we're going to talk about our pitch for the Bond 26 title song artist. Who do we think should sing the next Bond title song with the movie that's certain to come out by 2030-something? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Then we'll wrap it up by talking about what's next. Cause Alan and I aren't going anywhere. Six of the best is going to enter its twilight moment here, but Alan and I are still going to be back. We got a new show planned for you. We're going to talk about that. And then we'll just have our farewells and talk about our memories. Looking back over the last five years that we've been doing this over to you. Alan. Five
4: wonderful years. So after five years of covering James Bond, music, um, we've listened to a lot of versions. So when we decided to do this, we thought it would be fun to pick our favorite three, but we're going to change the format this time. Instead of me leading with three and then Jared leading, having his three, we're going to switch from one to the other. So I'm going to start with my top pick, and then we'll move to Jared, then I'll do my second pick, and Jared will do his second, and so forth. So we'll actually interchange them, which the more I think about it is, why the hell didn't we do this like... <laughs> from. <laughs> <laughs> the first show because I think well, it, it
3: was more better. fun to steal all the best songs. <laughs> yeah, I
4: suppose so. <laughs> but then we could have presented them alternately rather than each of us droning on for 10 minutes or whatever. But anyway, we'll see how this goes. And if it's really good, who knows? It may turn up somewhere else at some point. All right. So I'm going to lead off. And if you've listened to this show, you know I have mentioned this song numerous times long after we did it. I will say one of my favorite things of doing this is when we were doing the original soundtracks, was I would actually go out and try and find as many cover versions as I could on YouTube and build a YouTube pick list of alternative versions. And this was one of those wonderful finds that I never expected to find. And I've mentioned it numerous times things. and I, To me, it's, it's really a great illustration of just the, some of the fun stuff that we found during this show. Uh, so my first pick is the Gregorian chant version of Live and Let Die. Every time I listen to this, I just love it. That big bombastic start, and then it just goes deadly silent. And you're waiting, and you're like, what am I going to hear? What am I going to hear? And you didn't see this, folks, because we're on. But as soon as that voice <laughs> started, we both broke, up, broke into huge grins. So, yeah, I just love it. For me, this is just the epitome of everything we tried to do when we set out this show and decided we'd go look for alternative versions.
3: Oh, I agree. This is a fun one that we covered on the show way back when. And then I think it made an appeal. We did a rack and stack of the alternate songs. I want to say with the rogue agents.
4: Yeah, we did. And I think this was the live and let die one we chose. So I'd have to yeah. think, I can look at the spreadsheet, but I think it was, you
3: know. Yeah. And yeah. uh, man, it's so fun. Like if you didn't enjoy that, you probably don't enjoy our podcast altogether because we love finding these sort of out there, lots of fun. Versions of stuff, and that definitely qualifies.
4: I like to think if you didn't enjoy that, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast in the first place.
3: Yeah, (laughs) like (laughs) where did I go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) It's a wonderful pick, I'm so glad you brought it. Definitely a highlight of some of the interesting covers that we've had in the past, and And I'll roll that into one of my very favorite ones that I discovered by doing this show. I've You know, always enjoyed Nobody Does It Better from The Spy Who Loved Me. It's a nice little tune, made even more special after the passing of Roger because it really got tied to him, Nobody Does It Better, and that being one of his landmark films. And uh, then I got to find this version done by Radiohead, which is uh, a lot of fun. I especially like it on the back end when the guitar solo comes in. Oh, my goodness. It's It's just magical to me. So let's listen to Radiohead's version of Nobody Does It Better. Nobody
2: does it better Makes me feel sad for the rest Because you, baby, you're the best I wasn't looking, but somehow you found me I tried to hide This fire of you is keeping all my secrets safe tonight.
0: And nobody does it better.
2: Sometimes I wish someone.
3: If you told me I would rock out to that song one day, I would not have believed you. <laughs> but I just love it. It's it's sloppy, but it's high energy. And I, I don't know. There's something special about it to me, Alan.
4: I mean, I think you're right. This song has that extra level of resonance above the movie because it has become Rogers, late Rogers theme tune. Posthumous theme tune. And I think it's improved that song in my mind. Now it's never one of my favorite songs, but when I think of it in terms of Roger, then it's just a perfect fit. I'm not a huge Radiohead fan, but I actually do really like this one. Still, the voice, the lead Singer. Sorry, I don't know his name. I don't know. It, it's We've not never like,
3: been good at stuff like that on our beats. I music know, show. I know. I mean,
4: why <laughs> start now? But yeah, particularly towards the end, it really does. I, I, like you, I find myself rocking to this one and I would never have expected to. So yeah, a good pick. Thank you, sir. So while we're going with sticking with bands with the, uh, the word head at the end of their name, Completely by coincidence, we're going with propeller heads. And of course, if you know me, you know I have to get a Majesty's track in here. And again, this is when I first time I heard this on the wonderful David Arnold uh, Shaken and Stirred album. I thought, what are they doing with my favorite song and favorite <laughs> tune? Where's this going? And then I was probably third of the way and I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. Um, and it's remained one of my favorite. Probably my second favorite OHMSS. That's not easy when you've had a big glass of wine. My second favorite Majesty's version of the Majesty's theme behind John Barry's. So, yeah, David Arnold and the Propeller Heads and on Honor Majesty's Secret Service.
3: pick jared oh great pick great pick you know uh i'm just as taken with the majesty's theme as you are well you can yeah have
4: no it. no no come on we'll uh, fight you you're the
3: king <laughs> there's two things i know about alan j porter he loves the majesty's theme and he also loves automotive racing and i feel like this is the perfect blend like this is a drive fast song this is like <laughs> this is an awesome song
4: to, I, I i will say yes when i was also you even though I'm, I stopped a couple of years ago when I did autocross competitive driving, I did sometimes actually have this playing in the car while I was actually <laughs> on a timed run. Yes. And it does. Yes. I'm sure it added at least a 10th of a second onto my, uh,
3: <laughs> my times. Yeah. yeah. That song, man, such energy. I, mean, I don't know that I've ever heard a version of the majesty secret service theme that I didn't like. And that was just full of high energy. And it's a, it's a drive fast song. It's incredible. And I'm so glad you brought it. One, one, actually, before we move off of that, when we are
4: preparing for this the, the other day and I was, the, I was re-watching the videos and that opening thing where they're on the tube train the London Underground, I was like, why did they put that on the beginning of The Majesty's theme? It just didn't seem to fit. And then I was thinking about it. There was actually that cut sequence from the movie. George does the foot chase across the roofs of London and then down into the Underground. And then there's a thing with the train, which is actually referenced on the headline that campbell is reading when you actually get to switzerland and he's in the in the station watching but they cut that sequence out of the movie and i thought oh i wonder if that's actually a reference to the cut sequence from the movie probably not it's probably just a complete coincidence <laughs> and i'm projecting but <laughs> it's the first time it actually struck me was like on sunday when i was actually going back through the uh, the pics for the show and uh, watching the videos
3: you heard it here folks it's from the cut sequence of the movie we're declaring it as fact it's a, it's
4: a reference to that cat sequence i've decided <laughs> yeah
3: I like it. No, that's good thinking. I do like
4: that. And if David Arnold disagrees, he can just reach out and let us know, okay?
3: Yeah, he can come on the show and tell us whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We'll listen. listen. (laughs) We will bring back six of the best if David Arnold wants to come give us a piece of his mind. (laughs) Okay, uh, let's get into my second pick. And man, this one is interesting because I am on record to not You know, being the biggest fan of the No Time to Die theme song, I don't hate it. I just, it's not a high ranker for me. Uh, Right up until, Alan, I feel like you introduced me to this one. I feel like you brought this to to the show. This just goes to show you that a good song in the hands of the right person. And I'm not besmirching Billie Eilish. She has a very successful, clearly, thing going on here. Just certain things I think fit better with certain other people. And Alan brought this really cool version of it by a opera singer. I think she's Welsh opera singer. Her name is Ellen Williams, and she sings her version of No Time to Die. And I was just mesmerized by it. It seeps into my soul, and it just makes me love a song that I didn't really love when I first heard it. So this tells me that there's just nothing wrong with the song. I just need a different delivery vehicle, and let's give a listen to it. listening to it just now it really reminds me that i think i'm just the kind of guy that likes that belting voice like that shirley bassey or that gladys knight and man she brings it
4: she brings it she certainly does this was one of the ones when i found a cover version and i was just blown away by it It just made mm. me stop in my tracks i like the billy eilish one way more than you do actually way more than a lot of people do but i also love this version this is a very haunting version but I had a very similar thing with the writings on the wall where I was like, oh, I don't like this at all. Mm-hmm. And then the first time I heard it sung by a strong female vocalist, I think in that case, it was that, again, apologies, forgotten the name. The young lady who fronts cutie music, um, I heard her do it. And I was like, oh, it's the singer. It's, for me, it's the singer that's pulling it down mm-hmm. on the song. This is a really good song. And the same here. I like the Billy Irish version, but I, I think this just elevates it to a whole other level this performance
3: um, yeah like, like i said it i got to be really careful because i'm certain there's billy eilish fans out there you like it too i, I yeah i'm not I do. I'm trying not to poop on her no um, i think it's just my personal taste that i like the stronger voiced songs and that one hit me yeah. real yeah real it's hard. a very emotional yes heartfelt performance i think man yeah she's good i would definitely like to hear uh, her saying more things, which means I should probably seek out more for stuff on YouTube or whatever, because I know that's where I, I found... was going to say, there's a place where you can go do that. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole like a uh, connected series of, of internet things. Yeah, that'd be fun. But yeah, I'm so glad you brought that one. It just, I mean, it made my top three of all time that we covered. So I can only say thanks for introducing me to it. No problem.
4: For my third pick of best of, this is probably not a best of, um, <laughs> but it's fun. One of the other fun things that we we did was when we were going through the actual soundtracks for the movies was the Rejected Bond songs. And I've heard other podcasts do whole things on series on the Rejected Bond songs. There's a lot of stuff out there and you can go find them on YouTube. But I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan and just love the fact that he read the book and went off and did a Thunderball song on his own. Um, I don't believe this was even ever, if I remember the John Burlingham book. I don't think this was ever officially submitted. I think Johnny Cash just did it because he loved James Bond and he liked the book and he knew the movie was coming and he just thought it'd be fun to do a James Bond song, Johnny Cash style. So this is sort of James Bond meets Rawhide by Johnny Cash. And I just love it. It just makes me smile.
1: And all the world can hear a call They shudder at the fury of the mighty Thunderball Thunderball The power of her engines now is drowned in the sea, but the deadly force from within her is somewhere running free. your fiery breath can burn the coldest man. And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? Wonderball. Somewhere there is a man who could stop the thing in time. He's known by very few, but he's feared by all in crime. All in crime. By courage and by fighting he has not been known to fall But neither has the fury of the mighty Thunderball Thunderball Thunderball, your fiery breath can burn the coldest man And who is going to suffer from the power in your hand? Thunderball Honey hungry minds need a threat to launch a scheme. But those who hold the thunderball could rule the world, it seems. Cannot the peaceful world find a clue to where she's gone? The silent sea won't answer now, but terror lingers lingers on. All your fiery breath can burn the coldest man, and who's going to suffer from the power in your hand? Wonderful
4: I know the one where we both got huge grins on our faces. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so much fun.
4: It is so much fun. I and mean, actually, when you're listening, I was listening to the lyrics again, I'm like, this is actually way more in line with the plot of the movie than the official <laughs> one, which I love if you've listened to the facts that, you know, uh, Tom Jones's Thunderball vibes with Paul McCartney's Live and Let Die for my favorite Bond song, depending on what mood I'm in. You know, it's probably one of the ones I howl along to the most, but I howl along to this. I'll sing along to this one as well. So thank you to the man in black just for adding a smile at the end of my picks.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my more out there ones. It just tonally, it's difficult to see. James Bond do it outside of when he was doing some serious cowboy writing in Moonraker, I do believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it does not fit the movies at but all. But it's great. <laughs> but it's good fun. <laughs> all right. My third and final pick is definitely more of a personal one. Uh, you probably haven't heard it before unless you've tuned into some very specific shows on Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast, especially if you got into my audio documentary on the James Bond video games. A couple years ago when I got the be in my bonnet to do that, which was, I want to say the during the COVID times, I uh, decided I would tackle this project of doing a, a audio documentary on James Bond and video games. And I asked my good friend, Joe November, who I've known for 24 years now, uh, and I've always known him as a wonderful musician and producer, and he just makes these really great beats. And I said, hey, I'm doing this video game thing. Can you do a James Bond song in the style of video game music? Give it that almost 8-bit video game sound to it. And boy, did he ever deliver. He sent me a track that he made that he called Smirch. LOL. And uh, I will take every opportunity I can to get people to listen to Joe's Music. So let's give a listen to what Joe made specifically for this podcast that I just think is amazing and wonderful. Just looking at it, I know it's my friend and I'm gushing about my friend, but just looking at it as a track, I love the fact that he uses the 007 theme and he uses the James Bond theme and he even managed to drop in that little vocal drop of good luck, 007. Thank you, sir. It's so, so Joe. He's, he's so good at stuff like that. So anyway, I, I know that's not a big well-known thing, but I got to give Joe some limelight. I think he did great work.
4: I just love the fact that it has that personal resonance for you. And actually, it's got personal resonance for me now because I've heard it and clips of it throughout a lot of the stuff we've done on this network. You know, I'm not a huge fan of video game music or that type music, but for me, it's sort of become our quasi-signature tune for everything that we do on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's developed a personal resonance for me too. And uh, I, I think he did great work and he's a nice guy too.
3: Absolutely. And, and uh, if anybody out there needs to uh, maybe hire Joe for some podcasting music, He is at Joseflin99, that joseflin 99 on the X. And if you look up, he goes by Joe November. If you look up Joe November on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or any of those kind of things, you're going to find him. And uh, he is available to make cool podcast tracks. Uh, You know, in this day and age of copyrights and this and that, it's good to have somebody that makes you something uh, original that doesn't pop any flags. And that's what Joe did for us. And thanks, Joe. I'm just glad you were part of this. Now, sometimes, Alan, sometimes the stars just don't line up for one reason or another, and we don't get a Bond song from someone we think deserved one. So now we're going to have a brief discussion around who we think should have been able to belt out a Bond tune, but sadly, the chance has likely come and gone. So this is our looking back, if we could have, if we should have, if we had the chance. Turn back the dial. Alan? Okay, well,
4: my pick really did actually get the chance twice, but turned it down. But unfortunately, he, there will not be a third chance because he is well and truly gone. I'm talking about the chairman of the board, Mr. Frank Sinatra. He was originally asked to do the song for You Only Live Twice, but uh, he requested that the gig go to his daughter, Nancy, instead, and who's going to say no to Frank? So. And then he was asked again for Moonraker, where not only was he asked to do the theme, but he was actually offered the part of Hugo Drax in the movie, but it was turned down. However, Paul Williams had written an original lyric to John Barry's Moonraker Melody for Frank Sinatra. And after Frank turned it down, they got Johnny Mathis in to sing the lyric that Paul Williams had written. And I believe that's in John Burlingame's book. I've read it somewhere. I think it's in John Burlingame's book. The lyrics are out there. But they felt that uh, the Johnny Mathis thing was subpar. So they went out looking for somebody else. They also asked Kate Bush, and she turned it down before. Eventually, they obviously decided last minute to give it to some unknown Welsh female singer.
3: <laughs> give her a shot, you know? <laughs> yeah.
4: because uh, Sorry, Delvin. Um, <laughs> if you want to know what Frank singing on a Bond song would look like, they, on YouTube, Somebody has actually taken Frank Sinatra's The World We Know and applied it to the Thunderball titles, and it works incredibly well. So for me, a good example of what Frank would have sounded like singing a Bond song is The World We Knew. And like I say, if you're into the visuals, just go do a quick search for The World We Knew Bond titles, and you can see what it looked like superimposed on the, uh, on the Thunderball opening titles. Are you going to play a bit? He's nodding, folks.
5: And into gold, but the dream was too much for you to hold Now over and over I keep going over and the- over. Stars, and the sun and the moon seemed to be ours each road that we took it turned into gold, but the dream was too much for you to hold now over over i keep going over the wall
4: I will say, listening to it again, yes, I think it would have worked, but for a Connery movie, I don't think Franks would have worked for any of the other Bonds. I think it was definitely a sixties Connery sound.
3: I concur. Yes, I think that would have been where he fit absolutely the best. So, yeah, it definitely had that that vibe, you know, Tom Jones vibe to it. Yeah, I could totally see it. Wish we'd been able to get a Frank Sinatra tune. Got Nancy, but we didn't get we didn't get Frank. So. Who's your pick, Jared, for shoulda, coulda, but didn't? Shoulda, coulda, but didn't. Okay. I know everybody out there is going to think, oh, Jared's going to pick Prince because Jared's the biggest Prince fan ever. And just go ahead and imagine that I did. All right. Now, like, now, oh, we'll get- <laughs> that, that's a bet I just lost there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my ultimate answer, to be honest with you. But, I, you know, I, thought, I sat back and I thought, okay, you know, let's break the mold a little bit. Who really should have got one that didn't? And honestly, it, I tend to go British, you know, from my Bond stuff. Makes sense. Well done. Totally agree. <laughs> okay. So I looked at Queen, Freddie Mercury, and Queen. I think Freddie Mercury had an amazing voice. I think Queen was, and the remaining members are to this day, an amazing, amazing musical talent. So, Interestingly enough, though, when I first made the script for this final episode that we're doing right now, I had selected for my sample that this kind of sounds like it could be a Bond thing. I picked Who Wants to Live Forever from the Highlander soundtrack. Sean Connery was in that too. Um, but that changed over the last couple of weeks. A thing got passed around on social media and it made its way to my social media front door that someone had taken a Queen song called Face It Alone. And much like Alan was talking about, they put it over the... No Time to Die, I think it was opening credits to say this is what it kind of would have been like if Queen did a Bond song. And listening to that, watching, I thought, yeah, I'm bringing this to the show. So I'd already picked Queen. I just swerved on which song it is. So let's give a listen to Queen singing Face It Alone and just imagine this flowing over some James Bond opening credits. I'm just going to take a minute to be sad that he's not with us anymore. <laughs> I think that would have been great. That's all i got to say.
4: I count myself as a pretty big Queen fan. I actually know the names of all the members in the band, so there you go, that's much
3: more. Um <laughs> Brian May, Roger Deacon, of course, Freddie Mercury, and who am I forgetting? Roger Taylor. Thank you.
4: <laughs> and of course, I guess now, Adam Lambert. I, I, I'm amazed. This is actually not a track I'm that
3: familiar with. I grew up with maybe the world's biggest Queen fan, my brother Jason, all the time. 24/7 Queen. And I don't remember this one strikingly. <laughs> no, <laughs> well
4: either. no. I've got multiple Queen albums that, at home, but I, yeah, this is not one that sort of stands out to me. I agree. I think Queen would have been great doing a Bond. I'm not sure this is the one, but I think great Queen would have been great doing a Bond theme. Just, you know, you, you mentioned Highlander and then you you know, obviously you got Flash Gordon and a whole bunch of other stuff that they they did. So they could certainly rise to the challenge of doing a, bo- doing a movie.
3: Right. They knew cinematic. They knew yeah. cinematic.
4: Yeah. So I think that would have been cool. Like I said, Frank Sinatra was definitely, for me, a Connery-era miss. I think Queen is probably a Roger Moore-era miss.
3: Yeah, I concur. Or maybe bleed a little into Timothy Dalton with that. That particular song kind of had that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Harder edge, face yeah. alone. That feels a little Dalton-y to me. Yeah, but yeah, but definitely sort of that Flash Gordon. Yeah. Queen. Oh, that's Roger Moore all day long. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, This part of the show just just depresses me because I'm like, oh, the prince the queen. uh, George Michael's got a great voice. that would have worked well. David Bowie. Gone. 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 Amy Winehouse. You had Amy. uh, Yeah, I had Amy Winehouse kicking Um, around on that. That was an almost. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. I know I don't have to tell you, Alan, but I think I've reached that age where life stops giving me things and starts taking them away.
4: <laughs> well, let's look to the future then. Let's, let's, let's get happier.
3: I like so. that. I like that.
4: So to, to round out the music section of this final episode, we're actually recording this in December of 2023. And there is actually no information on the future of the James Bond franchise at the moment, let alone the music what's happening with bond 26 but jared and i decided that we would be nice and we would help out barbara and michael by pitching our choices for who should sing the title song of bond 26 and i'm gonna let jared throw in his hat into the ring first
3: okay i have been basically sitting on this as a bond song in the back of my brain since 2006 i think is when it came out so that's carry the, the few a lot years, of years ago yeah, yeah a, few years, <laughs> a few years ago uh as i mentioned before i am quite taken with the shirley bassey sound the tina turner sound the gladys knight sound these are my three favorites okay there's a commonality there <laughs> there is and i'm not gonna break from that i think a seasoned professional with a super strong voice and a bit of a soulful sound is my wheelhouse for james bond So. Barbara and and Michael, I present to you a 2006 song by Beyonce off the Pink Panther soundtrack with Steve Martin called A Woman Like Me. And you tell me that this doesn't sound like a James Bond song.
6: you real happy baby just don't get me wrong my loving is so strong but i am trying to live
3: That sounds like a Bond song to me.
4: <laughs> sounds like one to me, too. I was actually just thinking, you know, she'd be continuing that line, that, you know, from Shirley Bassey to Tina Turner to
3: Adele. Yep. hundred yeah, percent. I can definitely strong, see her. F- yeah. Soulful voice. I yeah. mean, that song to me with the horns in the background, the violins. I, when I went to see that movie, I saw it in theaters. I'm a Pink Panther fan, and I like Steve Martin. And when I heard that song, yeah, I was just like, wow. Like, that is my favorite Beyonce song, period. I like it that much. <laughs> so, Barbara, Michael, Beyonce, reach out.
4: Well, I'm going to follow Jared's rules here that basically when asked to pick one song, will in fact, pick two.
3: I could always count on you.
4: <laughs> well, somebody has to break the rules on this episode. <laughs> normally you but i'm gonna do it this time
3: I, um, I i know what's coming and one of them in particular i'm very fun
4: <laughs> <laughs> with every new bond movie i always hope that they're going to ask robbie williams because he clearly clearly wants to do a bond theme you only have to listen to millennium or even better yet watch the video for millennium which is him driving around in a db5 wearing a dinner jacket and it's full of bond iconography as a jetpack at one point he's in a boat with clear back projection behind him, messing around in his speedboat. He's surrounded by bikini-clad girls or beautiful women in 1960s costumes. I don't know if he's pitching to do the Bond song or play Bond, but Robbie Williams clearly loves his 007. So I want us to play Millennium because I would love him to actually get the gig to do a Bond song, but I don't think he ever will. But let's give him a shot
3: on our show. I am going to fight you in no way, shape or form. Let's play this thing.
2: Stars directing our faith And we pray it's not too late Cause we know we're falling for grace Millennium
0: Live for liposuction Detox for your rent Overdose of Christmas and give it up for Lance My friends are all so cynical We Refuse to keep the base We all enjoy the madness Cause we know we're gonna fade away we gotta-
4: didn't want to see that folks but jared and i were just both <laughs> lip-syncing along
3: to that. it was glorious <laughs> but alan do you know that there's like a certain sizable segment of bond fandom that hates that song and i'm like why
4: really i know i yes, was not aware of that no, like, oh, big, i love robbie williams he's a big fan anyway but it's uh yeah i just they don't like, that they like
3: samples the and i'm like it's so much fun
4: it does yeah i mean it's a pure <laughs> brosnan era sound and yes. stuff um, again i don't think it would fit whatever they're going to do with 26 so anyway
3: i wish it would i
4: want fun bond back. <laughs> yeah i want fun bond back too and that would be awesome but in terms of somebody that maybe barbara and michael should use my vote goes to a young lady who actually has been rumored to be in line for a bond gig since 2018 uh, though i read in interviews that she says she would love to do one but has never been asked which i think is a big miss. It's a young English singer called Dua Lipa. And I think the song of hers that's really close to what a Bond song would sound like is this one. It's called Hotter Than Hell. See what you think, Jared.
7: calls me the devil. I make him want to sin. Every time I knock, he can help but let me in. Must me homesick for the real. I'm a real estate gets, You probably still don't me. With my hands around your neck. Can you feel the warmth? Yeah. As my kiss goes down, you like some sweet alcohol. Where I'm coming from. Yeah. The darker side of me that makes you feel so numb. Cause I like hell, super so when I'm not there. I'm a matter from heaven, we all gotta get fed Can't let me know I'm wanted, can't let me in your head I'm not here to make a meal, but it's praise that I get You ain't gonna walk free, boy, now I finish with you, yeah, no Can you feel the warmth? Yeah As my kiss goes down, you like some sweet alcohol Where I'm coming from? Yeah The darkest side of me that makes you feel so numb
4: So she sort of reminds me of Adele slightly with her uh-huh. voice. I hear it, um, and again, a bit like you with Beyonce. I think it's like continuation of the strong female soulful vocal. I think it would work really well with a with a modern day Bond.
3: I agree. I think if they're going to kind of keep going in the direction they've been going, this is probably the choice to make. Uh, I mean, I do love, of course, my own Beyonce choice, but I think if they did a song more like in the Beyonce vein, we are talking about moving. Maybe back towards a more fun bond, a less serious. Um, and things got very serious with yeah. the Daniel Craig era. And I think if they want to keep the serious one, I think Dua Lipa is probably the way to go. If they want to lighten up a bit, then bring in the Beyonce. I think we, I think we both brought some good, good choices here, you know. But you know, listeners, you can tell us what you think. We'd love to hear your suggestions.
4: Or you Yeah, think I'd love dollars. to hear suggestions. about the who should have, could have, but didn't. You know, who you think should have done a Bond movie, but didn't. Um, and who you think would be a good candidate for Bond 26. Let us know in uh, on our Twitter account at, uh, I almost said at Bond Lexicon there, at Pod. So I mean, you can let us know at Bond Lexicon too. Or at our <laughs> yeah, personal ones, hit but, me
3: up. Yeah, Like if you yeah. let us know what it was i know the show was going away but we're still gonna be around for rogue agents and maybe the new show and we'll be happy to say hey somebody wrote in with the great eye we'll talk about it on one of our programs thank you to you so do you actually want to talk about what's coming up next that was
4: our last music track of james bond six the official james bond six of the best i, am, I know so jared and i have kept this six weeks recording slot on our schedule because we got something else in mind as to what we're going to do going forward so i'll let jared do the grand reveal of what's coming in 2024.
3: Okay, I am proud to do this. I can't do this without giving credit where credit is due. The idea was really based out of my brother, Jason, the weasel skull, all brick over a long box crusade. And of course on rogue agents on long box crusade, Jason and I do a show called action film face off where we pit two randomly selected action films against one another. We go through with a certain amount of criteria. We decide which one is that episode's champion. And Jason said, what if we did that with Bond movies? (laughs) So coming up next, I'll just tell you the title of it. Al and I will be doing a podcast with probably frequent appearances from Rogue Agents members called James Bond versus Spy Movies. Here we'll be undertaking a chronological head-to-head comparison between a Bond movie... And another spy movie released in the same year. So, for example, our first episode is going to start in 1962 with a movie called uh, Dr. No. That's the one, right? Doctor, no. It was first, right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made Alan laugh. Uh, yes, Dr. No is going to be taking on 1962's The Manchurian Candidate, which I'm pretty sure stars Denzel Washington. And I'm very much looking forward to that. Okay. That was the remake. The original actually has the aforementioned Frank Sinatra. Alan, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's it. <laughs> pretty sure that's that's it. correct. I yes. I don't know that I've seen the original. I've seen the Denzel Washington version, but I don't know that I've seen the I've original. I've never coming. seen the remake. Yeah, so we're crisscross. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, if you want to follow along, both movies are on Amazon prime. Free. There you go. So look for about six week ish from now. That will be our new show. James Bond. Versus spy movies. And we're going to go through boom, boom, boom. And I got to tell you, there's a couple of years. Alan's already kind of laid out a roadmap for every movie, like what it's going to take on. There's a couple of years where I'm like, oh, I, I might rather see this movie go against that and this movie go against that. And I think that's great because that's just more episodes we can do. We can revisit. Once we're done, we can, we can keep this going for a while by revisiting, you know, what if this took on that and so on and so forth. So we're very excited to bring you James Bond versus spy movies. And we don't have all the, the details. We don't have the criteria or whatever. And it's kind of funny because I mentioned this to my wife and this is all very candid. This is not scripted. Alan doesn't know what I'm going to say. Next I'm worried years. now he's, he's gone completely off script. Folks. I'm off script. <laughs> I mentioned this to my wife that we were going to do this. And she goes, well, isn't the James Bond movie going to win every time? And I went, eh, most times <laughs> I can think of a couple where it might actually lose, in my opinion. But I think half the fun is just going to be able to sort of, compare these two films using a certain set of criteria. You know, we don't have anything written down. I'm just spitballing, but like, you know, how how awesome was the lead, you know, as Sean Connery as Dr. No and in Dr. No and Frank Sinatra in this, like how well were their performance? How cool was the bad guy? What was the coolest scene? You know, what was the coolest moment? That kind of stuff. We don't have any of that on paper yet, folks. But this is kind of the process we're going to go through. So it should be fun to do that along with you guys, the listeners.
4: I think we'd be surprised at how often it's a difficult choice.
3: You may be right, because having some experience on action film face-off, I always refer to this one episode that we did. It was Wesley Snipes in Passenger 57 took on Walter Matthau in the taking of Pelham 123. And this is action film face-off. We're like, there's no way Walter Matthau could beat <laughs> Wesley Snipes. And he did, based off the criteria. Because, you know, on the surface, you'd say Wesley Snipes is clearly the better action star than Walter Matthau. But we factor in story, creativity, best scene, villain, hero, and holy crap, did Walter Matthau beat Wesley Snipes. So I really have that anything can happen feel around this. I just think it will be fun to compare Bond movies with other movies that were you know, in theaters those same years or nearby and just say, you know, uh, what makes Bond so special? I think it'll help us see what makes Bond special. It might shine a limelight on some other movies that deserve to be looked at. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun
4: as jared said i i actually already have the list of the 26 movies um (laughs) planned out and going through and and putting that list together i really try to find movies that would provoke a good conversation that it wouldn't be a slam dunk for bond so
3: yeah man i'm worried about bond once the uh once the mission impossible franchise starts going (laughs) because man that's gonna be some tough stuff
4: yeah i will say on that we did i did actually deliberately not go oh we're gonna do like all like Mission Impossible movies. Not that they line up, but we're going to do all the Bond movies. There will be a Bond movie. There will be a Mission Impossible movie. If it's an opposing franchise, we'll do one from the franchise. Mm-hmm.
3: And like I said, w- when we're done, we can always double back and be like, yeah. "Hey, let's yeah. let's take a look at this one versus that, or that one There's that." Well, we could do a franchise versus franchise comparison or something. Yeah, so so much to do. But yeah, if you want to talk Bond movies and especially how they kind of compared in that moment in time, that's one of my favorite things that we're doing here. Is like. This is a snapshot in time. This movie was in theater about the same time as this one was. Let's look at it. Let's see what, what makes Bond so special or what makes his other movie maybe overlooked. You know, I'm, I'm very excited about it.
4: Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun getting back into doing the movies on a regular basis, too. So, yeah, I mean, excuse to rewatch the
3: whole <laughs> <laughs> James <laughs> Bond franchise. James I'm- Bond versus spy movies. That is what you can look forward to. Uh, replacing this six of the best And like we mentioned before too, you know, if a cool CD comes out, I mean, I, I know I got One for Alan for Christmas, they so were like, eh, we could probably Do an episode around that <laughs> um, We may, we may still drop one of those We may do a six of the best sort of special Episode if something interesting comes out that we like Or we might make it a rogue Agents episode, so music Is not officially going to go away But, it, but we are going to be looking For the foreseeable future at these movies And who doesn't love talking about the movies Exactly
4: So now we've covered our picks, talked about the past, talked about the future, talked about the future of the show. I think we'll go back to thinking about past it. I thought we would just be fun to wrap up with some final thoughts looking back over the past five years of podcasting about Bond Music together. So I'd like to kick off first, actually, by thanking our various guests that we've had on over the five years. It's not always just been the two of us. There has been occasions we've had guests on. So, in no particular order, just our guests. We want to thank Aj Chaudhry, John Moss, Don Zuderman, who I still don't think has forgiven us <laughs> for making him do Moonraker. Matt Robenheimer, Louise Pachon, the aforementioned Jason Albrecht, and of course the man who started it all, Mr. Raymond Benson. Because who can forget those first eight episodes of Bond Music 101? Which means we've actually been talking about Bond music for a total of 47 episodes. Starting way back in February 2019. And of course, a huge shout out to our listeners, uh, especially the folks who took time out to rate and review the show on various podcast platforms. Please carry on doing that. We would appreciate it. Or have posted comments and suggestions for future listen, listens on Twitter over the last four, almost five years. We really appreciate everything that you've done. We appreciate everybody listening to the show. Hope you're going to carry on listening to the new show. And as we've been saying, we really doubt that this will be our last Bond music-related discussion. I'm sure things will pop up on future episodes of Rogue Agents or maybe even an occasional one-off six
3: of the best show in the future. And with that, I'm going to shut up and let Jared give us his final thoughts. Well, I let Alan do all the you know, research and hard work. That's a thing that happens on the show. Alan does a lot of research, and then I just come in and talk. I'm going to talk about it more from the emotional side. So this last five years, to me, has been amazing, um, first of all, I got a chance even before the five years, maybe six years ago, to interview Raymond Benson just for the, our you know podcast network. I did an interview episode with him, and being able to interview my favorite all-time uh, James Bond novelist has been the highlight, you know, as far as guests go of my podcasting career. Period. And I've interviewed a lot of creators both here and on Longbox Crusade, but when you're talking your favorite James Bond novelist, it's just like, oh my gosh. And then you turn around and he wants to podcast with you like as a co-host. It doesn't get any better than that for me, folks. I was just over the moon. I look back with some sadness on that because that was in early days of of me learning how to edit. They're not the best edited episodes I've ever done. I wish I could go back in time and be a better editor. I still think they came out okay, but I wish there were things I could do to improve them. But still, being able to podcast with Raymond Benson was huge for me. It's a lifelong feather in my cap. But I think more importantly, that's when I started podcasting with Alan. And my favorite thing that's come out of this show is our friendship, Alan. Um, I think back. Oh, you're making me blush it. I know. Um, I would agree. Yes. I, uh, the, I best think thing, the best thing to
4: come out of the, of the whole network stuff is our friendship and actually also the
3: friendship with the extended rogue agents crew as well um, absolutely yeah when i think back on when we started this it was like i was like oh i get to do this with raymond and raymond was a little more comfortable with alan because he already knew alan and i didn't really know alan that long i, mean, I kind of knew him in passing i kind of knew him as a friend of van's and to me he was this very british very refined has no time for my kind of guy I felt like I had to be very stiff around him. And then over the episodes I found out he's just as big an idiot as I am. <laughs> he just hides it so much better. And uh, the day he asked us, like, he was like, you know, I'm really interested in joining the Rogue Gegens crew. Like, I texted the crew, they couldn't believe it. They're like, Why in the world would this classy guy want to be with us? And I'm like, he is one of us. So I found this out <laughs> over the years. So uh, I still think you're a classy, wonderful gentleman. I wouldn't trade this uh, for anything. Becoming uh, friends with you has just been amazing. And uh, just doing it through music every time, Alan, every time I put on a James Bond CD, whether it be an official soundtrack or Count Basie or freaking Bond beaten bass, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm still not oh, forgiving you for that one. Uh- I'm going to think of you every time. So you are now a part of my life. I it, it was very kind of ha-ha when I put, you know, best friends at the beginning of it because we didn't know each other all that well. And now I do consider you one of my best friends. So I'm going to hit hit folks in the heart and say that's that's what I think about for the five years. So thanks for doing this with me, Alan. I look forward to doing more. It's an absolute pleasure. And
4: i tell you, just chatting with you, not just every six weeks when we do this. I mean, we text each other all the time. And we're all, yeah, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. we just Just become part of the family and uh, really, really do cherish the friendship we developed over here. And actually also thank you for opening my eyes up to lots of other Bond music and sources of Bond music too. I may go off and do the research, but a lot of the ideas come from you. even if they're not always good ones. Um,
3: <laughs> I <laughs> like no, to I, think that I've kind of got you uh, to listen to video game musical. <laughs>
4: you have, you made me a lot more aware of it. I'll give you that. Yeah. And uh, really open my mind to that too, as well. Um, so I appreciate that and everything that you've done and all the hard work that you do in editing and also in you actually teaching me to edit so I could go off and do my own podcast stuff as well. So. Uh, oh
3: yeah. I forgot I had to teach you a couple of things when you, started. yeah. To do the Beatles stuff, so yeah, it's all synergistic, folks. See, yeah, it's our kumbaya moment, it's wonderful, and I, I, uh, I love it. All right, guys, all right, enough of the mushy stuff. Enough of the mushy stuff, we're not going anywhere, but we are just looking back over five years of doing music, and man, it has been a blast. And that is going to bring us to the very end of Bond Music Six of the Best. We will still take questions and comments. You can still email us at OHMSpod at Outlook.com or head over to X and check out at OHMSpod. We'd still love your subscription. We're not going anywhere. We're just going to bring you some different content. So, hey, subscribe. Tell everybody else that you know that you found this cool James Bond podcast. And, of course, if you want to chat with us personally, I can be found at yard sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at sale Artist. Or you can check out my artwares at www.theyardtaleartist.com. Alan. And you can find me at the aforementioned at
4: Bond Lexicon on Twitter, X, and at James Bond Lexicon on Tumblr and Instagram. And of course, there is the James Bond Lexicon.online website, which is a companion website to the James Bond Lexicon book, which can be found at your favorite online book retailer. All right. So thanks for joining us for this final episode of James Bond Six of the Best. And for the last time, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD or vinyl or cassette. Please support the Bond creative community. We will see you for episode one of James Bond versus spy movies. So let's find out what happens when Dr. No squares off against the Manchurian candidate. Come join us.
3: Another, You know what? Another thing I forgot to mention is I love the fact that like we were 20 episodes into this before you mentioned something that like made me realize that six of the best is like a British phrase, right? And you were like, you know, like six of the best. And I was like, I, I don't know. You're like, oh, <laughs> you have no idea. You've been podcasting about this for how long? You don't know this <laughs> phrase. I was like, I don't know.
4: <laughs> Apparently it's like taking a whooping, isn't it? It is. It's yes. where you get. It's for the, the headmaster gives Kaneju six of the best for being mm-hmm. an orgy boy so.
3: <laughs> well that's
4: us <laughs> so it actually does make me wonder what, the people who have been searching for that on the internet what they've actually been looking for um, when they found us <laughs> oh, huh. definitely Fleming uh, commentations there if you've read uh, his new biography but I won't go there Jerry's <laughs> just made me laugh sorry <laughs>
3: I started laughing because I started thinking about that time you couldn't get through this part of the because <laughs> okay. of my damn bootlegs.
4: <laughs> I was just gonna mention that. I was just gonna say, but not <laughs> your die another day set. And then I as soon as I said the work is set, I, I just yeah. went off. <sighs> okay. You will see we will see you for episode one of James Bond. <laughs> I'm not editing any of that out. <laughs> it's all stated
2: in. Leave leave it in.